successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on 980 AM and on podcast via Apple Podcast or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are going to have a great show today. As always, you can connect with me on social media at Jason Grill on Twitter or at Grill Nation Show, also online at GrillNationShow.com. Very excited about our guest today. He is uh, kind of a cool uh, entrepreneurial kind of guy who's done a lot of different things in the basketball world and in the broadcasting realm. Jared Sutton is our guest. He is a NBA scout for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. He also is an ESPN color commentator and has done some broadcasts over the years. Grew up in the Northland and uh, is a former Mizzou basketball star. You want me to call you that, Jared? Oh, I don't know. Star is a stretch. <laughs> Big stretch. <laughs> I was looking through your uh, your old Mizzou bios today before okay. the interview. So uh, that was kind of fun. Do you know, at one point you loved Dave Matthews' band and uh, you wanted to be a uh, – Something in marketing, and then you also uh, love the movie Rudy, I found out today. That's right. That's right. You know, it's funny. When I was a freshman, uh, I I got on the team late, uh, made the team through the walk-on process, and I believe it would have been like first games I played in, you know, in November, and uh, a lot of the media notes said that I went to Park Hill High School, and boy, uh, my family got a lot of heat. <laughs> Everybody in KC is like, no, 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 he didn't go to Park Hill. He went to Oak Park, so they actually had to change the – the game notes, like after our third game, because I, when I got in the game, they said I went to Park Hill and I actually went to Oak Park. So my oldest brother went to Park Hill. I went to Oak Park. So, uh, man, some, some good memories, though, those, those four years at Mizzou for sure. Yeah, your oldest brother is, I think, around my age probably. Yep. Maybe yep. a little older than me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's great to have you on, man. I, I, uh, I thought it'd be cool to have you on, one, to talk about kind of what you're up to now, but two, to kind of talk about your journey because I thought – you know, kind of is kind of a cool entrepreneurial kind of story, and you're doing some unique things right now that I think people would be interested in hearing about. So, yeah, just tell us a little about your background. I know you, you just mentioned you went to Oak Park, played sports, but, um, you know, coming out of, you know, going to Mizzou, what was that like walking on? I, I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, so my process um, to get to Mizzou, uh, obviously from Gladstone, went to Oak Park. Uh, both my brothers, both older, I'm the youngest of three, uh, so both my brothers went to Mizzou. So I had a pretty good understanding of Columbia. Um, I had been to Mizzou several times. Actually, you know, one of my favorite memories as a kid is going to see Mizzou upset Kansas in Hearn Center uh, when I was in the seventh grade. Got to sit in the student section uh, with my middle brother at the time and kind of really got to experience what it was like to, to be a part of that rivalry for the first time. Uh, I can remember vividly going to that game and you know, I was a huge college basketball fan growing up in Kansas City with the Big 8 and Big 12 tournament. I was kind of a college basketball savant. I mean, I, I was a Mizzou fan, but I, I just loved college basketball and uh, obviously played in high school and throughout my age 
you journey. But coming out of high school, I would say that most of my offers were Division II uh, to go to Northwest Missouri State, uh, Washburn. And the biggest offer I had coming out of, of high school was to Central Arkansas, uh, which was a Division I offer. It was a unique situation where it was somewhat of a partial scholarship. And, you know, looking back on it, I was a very naive 17, 18-year-old kid at the time because I wanted to go to Mizzou um, in the in the worst way possible. And so I went on a lot of visits and just knew I wanted to go to college at Mizzou. And just kind of thought through the process and thought, I'm going to try to go walk on, uh, which I learned very quickly is a very difficult thing to do. Um, I joined a fraternity at the time and decided to walk on and went through a lot of rigorous, you know, workouts and tried to get ready to, to make the team as a freshman. Uh, and they didn't end up keeping anybody. And so that first year as a freshman, I ended up being a red shirt uh, and worked out every single day, took classes, obviously uh, focused on that, but focused on ways I could really try to improve myself for the next year. And then sure enough, that next year as a, as a sophomore academically, I met Mike Anderson at the Student Rec Center uh, and everything kind of changed for me uh, from there, from a basketball perspective. I, I worked out uh, in a five on five type of game with actually Mizzou professors uh, and Mike Anderson and members of his staff. And so we played pickup three days a week and I ended up guarding Coach A and he guarded me and we competed against each other for, I would say, six weeks. Uh, and it got it got intense. I mean, Coach A is a former player and uh, we, we spent a lot of time uh, getting to know each other. But uh, as, as the season started to near, he actually asked me if I was going to try out again. And at that point, I knew that he was interested in me. So I tried out again and ended up making the team. And it could not have worked out uh, you know, any better for me. There was some luck involved in just that, you know, that season I make the team is 2008-2009. And that team goes on to win 31 games. Uh, we go to the Elite Eight, and then I get put on a full-ride scholarship after that. But it really started at the Student Rec Center with Mike Anderson and now Coach A is like a father figure to me. Um, you know, I, I stay in touch with him on a probably per week basis, sometimes twice twice a month, um, just because I know he's busy now at St. John's. But he opened up my world really to just what it takes to to accomplish a goal, to set a goal, to to edit, to set you know the bar for yourself, and then try to go meet those goals, knowing that it was a very hard journey to get to where I was going, and that's kind of carried me outside of college, but um, four years that were remarkable. I mean, most wins in school history for a program for four years, uh, incredible wins, incredible teammates, uh, did have did, went, did go through a, a coaching change, which was difficult, um, but I think it was something that was such a great learning experience for, for me, and then got out of college and started working in the G League and, and got into broadcast, and, and here I am now as an NBA scout, but it all starts at those days in the rec center with Mike Anderson. That's awesome. That's a great That's a great background and story there. Yeah, at St. John's. York, huh? He's a, they, do they still play in Madison Square Garden or do they move? They still play in Madison Square Garden, yeah. I, I honestly, when I, I heard Coach A was was going to St. John's to Queens, uh, you're talking about, you know, southern, southern guy that grew up in Alabama and, and you know, obviously coached at Arkansas – um, coached at UAB, and for him to go to New York, uh, kind of a fish out of water, as he said, going into it. But I think he's really embraced it. I think they've embraced him. It's a great spot for him. Um, and I mean, I, I I'm a I'm biased to Coach A, but I mean, he was a great coach for us. Uh, does everything the right way, kind of an old school coach in the in the right ways, um, and has had some good success so far at St. John. So I'm happy for him. Jared Sutton is our guest. Real quickly, so so he was the coach. How many years you were there? I'm trying Mike, to Mike was for three, and then Frank Hate for one. My senior year. 
Okay, so your senior year. So what? So your senior year was that? What? How did you do that year? I can't remember. I remember. I remember the Elite Eight team. Yeah, Elite Eight team. My senior year was the uh, the upset to Norfolk State. Uh, that was my last collegiate okay, so game, you, actually. Okay, I couldn't remember if that was Frank Hayes' first year or yeah down the road. That was also another fun year. Um, fun year, tough way to end. Uh, tough way to end it, though. You never, you never played in the SEC, then. No, my last year uh, with Coach Haith would have been the last year that Mizzou was in the uh, the Big Twelve. I actually remember being at the student center when we made that announcement with with Mike Alden and going to the SEC. I, I remember that specific. That was before our season started, actually, so we knew it was going to be the last year of the Big 12, which is why those those Kansas games and the rivalries were so intense. I mean, I think they were as hostile as they've ever been. So it was a unique perspective to be on the team for, for, for those games that last year. That's awesome. Jared Sutton is with us today. We're going to come right back. I want to talk about kind of what you started talking about with the broadcasting and scouting and uh, getting into those buckets here. I'm also going to talk about potentially having the NBA here in Kansas City down the road or actually maybe in the short term if we, uh, if we pick up the Toronto Raptors for, uh, for the season. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and via podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Nothing so loud. When we Welcome back, back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on podcast via Apple Podcasts or however you get your podcast and on grillnationshow.com. I am your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us again today. We're going to continue our conversation with Jared Sutton, who's an NBA scout and has an ESPN commentator, does basketball and knows basketball. Um, he is on Twitter at Jarrett with two T's and then another T, T Sutton, Jarrett T Sutton. So you gotta have three T's in there, huh? All, all the um, T's, man. All the T's. <laughs> um, we were talking about your, your time at Mizzou. You really did have a fun four years as far as the basketball team goes. I mean, as far as success, you said you left school and then you kind of, you know, got into the G League and started doing other stuff. Talk to us about that because... I'm interested to know how you got into scouting for the NBA and then also the broadcasting world. Because, I mean, I know you went to Mizzou and you got a master's, but um, I don't think you got one in journalism, did you? No, actually, my, my master's was in ed- education. Uh, I was in counseling psychology, but a lot of that was focused on uh, what was at that point a, a new master's program, which centered around positive coaching uh, through do- Dr. Rick McGuire, who was the, the former track coach at Mizzou, did a lot of work with the U.S. national team. Uh, and he actually was a big, big impact for me my last year at Mizzou in my master's program, which is kind of when I started to, to shift on what was next steps for me. Um, got my master's, left in May of 2012. And in my, in my world, I mean, it's, it's a relationship business. And I know a lot of people can say that in a lot of different industries. But in the sports world, I learned really quickly that's, that's a big part of what it's all about and meeting the right people, obviously. Uh, but my senior year, I, I met a man named Kirk Lakeup. Uh, he is the assistant GM of the Golden State Warriors, and his dad, Joe Lakeup, is actually the owner of the Warriors. And I met Kirk really randomly. It was actually in Kansas City at the Sprint Center, now T-Mobile Center, uh, when we were in the Big 12 tournament in 2012. And I didn't think anything of it, actually. I, I started talking to Kirk. He was sitting next to me before we played in the night uh, nightcap of the session. And I was we got to the arena early, and I was watching some of the earlier game. I started talking to this guy. I don't think anything of it. Well, then six weeks later – 
our SID uh, comes up to me and says, hey, the, the guy you talked to at, that, at the Big 12 tournament, he's actually an assistant GM of an NBA team and, and wanted your information. And that's really how it kind of started for me. Uh, I, I ended up talking with Kirk several times. He offered me what was a paid internship, but it was more of a position, a one-year position with their G League affiliate in Santa Cruz. Uh, I did a ton of operations work. I was, I was somewhat of a coach's assistant uh, and also a front office assistant to the pro club at Golden State. It was a great opportunity. Um, loved my time out there. Learned a ton. I uh, was asked to come back a second year but met a guy named Brian Scalabrini. And I don't know if that name sounds familiar to you, but Brian played for the Boston Celtics, Chicago Bulls, uh, the yeah. nickname White Mamba for those that really are locked into hoops. Um, but he really pushed me to get into broadcast. Uh, he was a, he's now the color commentator for the Boston Celtics, does a lot of pre- and post-game analyst work. And it was the right decision. Uh, at the time, the SEC Network was launching in the spring, August of 2014, and the Mizzou Athletic Department had reached out to me and really wanted me – to do some color commentary. And I had no journalism background, no broadcast background. I had no experience. I couldn't believe they were actually asking me to do it. Um, but I had the background in basketball and Ben Arnett, uh, who is my, my partner play by play guy for the last six years, really kind of held my hand and was, and really kind of led me into the opportunity. And he's been great. Um, now is doing well at KOMU as their sports director, but Looking back on that, it was it was the right decision. I've met I met so many people through broadcast uh, in the NBA world uh, where, you know, they're seeking information on the scouting front. And that's really how I got into scouting uh, was just meeting people and found an opportunity three years ago with the Brooklyn Nets uh, and followed my boss to the New Orleans Pelicans, Trajan Langdon, who's now the GM of our club in New Orleans. And now I'm our Midwest regional scout um, and couldn't be happy with, with with where I'm at. But it really started back to Santa Cruz. And, and progress through broadcast. I've been able to continue to broadcast for the SEC network. Uh, it's just been a really good good partnership and been able to have flexibility, but it, it all comes back to, to meeting the right people that, you know, luckily I was able to find the right opportunities. That is pretty crazy at the Big 12 tournament, you know, like one guy, and then you're in with the Santa Cruz Warriors, you know. I mean, it's yeah. awesome. So you were, were you able to – you did all this from Kansas City, right? You've been able to stay here. You haven't moved at all. I lived in Santa Cruz. I spent 15 months in Santa Cruz. Okay. So from but since then, as a consultant and a scout for the Nets and for the Pelicans and for, you know, for SEC Network, you've been able to kind of have a home base here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a unique niche thing. Um, I met a guy uh, here in Kansas City uh, that spent a lot of time with the Orlando Magic, um, has, has been a scout in Kansas City. He was actually the only scout that, li- that was based in Kansas City and he's been doing it for about 14, 15 years, and he went to Kansas. Uh, and so got to know him pretty well. And, um, you know, he, he kind of opened my eyes to this opportunity, but knew it was going to take time, as, as does everything. But it, it wasn't going to come overnight, and it, it sure didn't. I had to be very patient and kind of just staying on the ball uh, and trying to put myself in the, in the best position possible to get noticed, uh, to be able to find an opportunity in a niche. And I, I was able to do that with the Nets as a consultant. But um, I did a lot of freelance work for teams when I broadcasted. Um, I helped a lot of teams with the draft prep, uh, did miscellaneous projects for teams, and it really kind of put me in a position where I was ready uh, once that consulting opportunity was put together with the Nets. But, yeah, all, all based in Kansas City uh, after I got through that time in Santa Cruz. That's awesome. Jared Sutton's with us. Uh, Jared, what, tell us about kind of what, what you do. I mean, what does that look like? I mean, we've all seen movies. We've all anyone that follows sports kind of understands you're trying to find talent. But 
as a day-to-day job. I mean, yeah, so I, you're right. It is all about finding talent, but I, I think it, I mean, it goes so much deeper uh, to that word, talent. Um, obviously, my, my role is to, to cover a region. Uh, I cover the Big 12 Conference, the Big 10 Conference, the Big East, the Missouri Valley, um, and some other other conferences southeast that I, I cover a little bit. Yeah, covering most of the United States, it sounds like. Except I know. The West. Yeah. Well, it's it's <laughs> tough because when you when you follow a region, you realize, wait a second, these conferences now with conference realignment. I mean, my alma mater is in the SEC, so you know it's good for me to be at Mizzou, but I'm also getting the opportunity to see a lot of SEC schools as well. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of an all hands on deck operation for us, but for for me, my my main job is to identify talent, who can play at our level, but then also to find out what makes that, that player and that prospect tick. You know, what's their background? Uh, what, what drives them? What's their intangibles? Uh, what was their home life like as a kid? What are they like as a teammate? What are they like uh, as a, from a coachability standpoint? You know, all these things play a role. Uh, the intel, the background, uh, that is probably 50% of my job. I would say even more uh, as far as the importance of the intel in, in, in really looking at a player and then obviously putting together a draft board, uh, making recommendations to our front office, my general manager, the president of our organization, uh, on what to do in the draft. Uh, so that's my day-to-day really is, is hit or miss. In a, in a normal world, non-pandemic, I mean, my gosh, the last eight months have been me on Zoom calls um, with our organization. I'm also part of player interviews in the draft process. So normally the NBA Combine, uh, that is really my cup of tea uh, and really looking at workouts, player workouts, player interviews. It's been very unique this year with Zoom, um, but but on a day to day, I'm traveling quite a bit. Uh, I make my own schedule, but traveling really across the country, I'm trying to see as many games as I can, many prospects as I can, talk to as many coaches as I can. Uh, that's been the biggest thing for me uh, is building the relationships on the college coaching front, and then obviously having those type of relationships at the NBA level. I do a little bit of pro work. I probably see two NBA games per month. Uh, in a normal setting that really kind of keeps my eyes open on what the league is looking like, the trends of the league, so I can really identify what we're looking for on the college level and in the college space. So it is very much a full-time hands-on-deck job, um, but I love it. I mean, you got to love it. you got to have a passion for it to do it because it's a lot of travel. It's a lot of organization. Uh, it's a lot of coaching contacts, phone calls, uh, and just trying to stay on top of everything you can stay on top of. You essentially have, you know, you're juggling a lot of balls. I mean, it sounds like you're kind of in charge of your own schedule and trying to balancing a lot of different things, you know, in order to be successful. Because at the end of the day, you know, if the Pelicans are good and you're getting good players, you look pretty great. That's right. (laughs) I joked, um, you know, when when my boss, uh, Trajan Langdon, who's been the biggest influence in my career, uh, when he got the GM job in New Orleans – you know, I was still a part of the Brooklyn Nets at the time going through the draft process, uh, which in a, any given year is usually, you know, late June. And then we turn the corner and look to free agency that starts on July 1. And that year, July 1, you know, we, he gives me a call. It's the first day of free agency uh, and, and informs me he wants me to come with him to New Orleans and be a part of the new staff. And, you know, when I made the decision to go to the Pelicans, a lot of the conversation was, well, they must have liked you. You must have recommended Zion Williamson. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, Zion Williamson was kind of known by pretty much everybody that he was going to be the number one overall pick that year. Um, but, you know, it came on at the right time. Um, it is a it is a big responsibility, no question. Um, I think we're the eyes and ears uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans when we're on the road. Uh, we got to set kind of the standard of, of what we're looking for and what we're about as an organization. 
uh, and what our culture is about. Culture gets thrown around a lot in pro sports, I think in all sports, really. And I think now we're seeing that in a corporate setting as well as far as culture. Um, and you, I, I think you know this, too. I mean, it, I think with us, it's, it's got to be about genuine uh, culture, uh, trying to build that in the right ways, do things the right way, making sure that we're honest, uh, making sure that we're being fully transparent with what we're trying to do. And I think we're doing that. Uh, it's, it's been a rebuild uh, we just hired a coach. We, we uh, initiated that last week, uh, introduced him to the media today, uh, and we're moving in the right direction. So it's been a lot of fun to be a part of. Jared Sutton is with us on the show today. Great second segment. He is on Twitter at Jared T. Sutton. Um, also, you know, just fascinating how, you know, being an NBA scout, what, what that has done, and just kind of hearing your background and story about kind of how it all happened. On our next segment, I want to start talking about a potential for NBA basketball in Kansas City. There's all kinds of things being stated right now and, and articles, and I know you've been on this train for uh, for a couple years now, or maybe a, a year or two, trying to, trying to promote the NBA coming to Kansas City. So I'm interested to talk to you about that after the break on The Relation Show. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be right back. I was walking down a one-way street just to look in for someone to Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening on 980 AM or via podcast. Great show so far with Jared Sutton. Jared, thanks for uh, letting our listeners kind of know about your journey and uh, everything that's going on with being a scout and getting in the broadcast world. I want to talk now about the uh, the potential NBA to come to Kansas City. I know you've kind of been a, uh, a proponent of this for a few years, both on social media and in the media. Um, tell us why, and then we'll get into the potential of the Raptors coming. Yeah, I think when you look at Kansas City as a market, um, there's this void as far as far as TV viewership is con- concerned in Kansas City. So if you look at Kansas City as a market and what surrounds Kansas City, uh, when you talk about like into Des Moines, into Omaha and Lincoln, um, into Kansas, into Mid Missouri, you know, you're talking 4.2 million people if you include St. Louis. You know, we get the St. Louis Blues games here in Kansas City. I think it's an opportunity for us to get an NBA team, have them support that, and, and you're talking about new viewership to the league. I think the, the biggest component, too, is, is T-Mobile Arena. It's an NBA facility. You know, it was, it was opened in 2007, and when they opened it, and I remember this at the time, I was graduating high school at the time, that they were you know, seeking a tenant, right? They were looking at NHL or NBA, and that was really a big reason why they built the arena as well as keeping the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Uh, and they've been able to do that. The Big 12 tournament has been a great success to Kansas City. But this town, from a basketball perspective, and I've talked to Kevin Harlan about this, who was the radio voice of the Kansas City Kings back in the 80s, uh, as well as Scott Webman, who was a former player on those Kings team. This, this market now, from a basketball perspective, is totally different than when the Kings left. First of all, the city in general, from a development standpoint, as you know, is completely different. The game of basketball, the game of the of, of the NBA, the, the product that is the NBA, has grown substantially uh, domestically here in the states, and I think it's just a a great opportunity if the league does decide to expand. You know, you're talking 2.5 billion in, in expansion fees per team. You know, that's that's income and revenue uh, to to the league. That's money that they are needing, especially right now in a pandemic, with so much money that they have actually lost as far as revenues are concerned. 
Um, you know, I, I think just overall, when you look at this town, it's a great sports market. It's growing. Um, the economic impact it could make to have an NBA team here in the city, it's a no-brainer. Um, you're talking about maybe building a practice facility, um, you know, in the 14th and Vine or 18th and Vine district where the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum is. Um, there's so many things you could do to tie in the city. I would love to see, you know, the Kansas City Monarchs as a name. Uh, should we expand and get that to 32 teams? Obviously, Seattle, uh, Las Vegas, Louisville gets talked about a lot from a competitor standpoint. Um, I do think there is interest as far as local ownership as well. Um, we have a committee here in Kansas City that I'm a part of uh, that we started two years ago that has looked into this effort. And right now, it's as hot as ever with everything going on uh, with the Toronto Raptors and, and what the league could look like starting uh, Christmas here soon. Uh, there's a lot that's going to be decided. And I will say this, the Oklahoma City Thunder got an NBA team. They actually had the New Orleans Hornets during Katrina for a year. It was a test run. And then they ended up getting a relocation team in the Sonics. Now, I, I look at it more as expansion for Kansas City as opposed to relocation. But I think right now with where things are trending, um, there's a realistic possibility that, yes, we could have the Toronto Raptors here for a year. But ultimately, there could be a, an expansion conversation in the next three to five years here in Kansas City as well. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, Jared Sutton is with us. There's an article printed about the, the potential of the Raptors to spend a year in Louisville. Uh, at their arena right there on the on the on the water there because of the uh, COVID restrictions in Canada travel restrictions, and then you know Mayor Q Mayor Lucas gets involved um, whether on Twitter or on behind the scenes, and then you know other people start jumping on like Patrick Mahomes you might have heard of him. Um, next thing you know, guys like me are getting calls from the media about downtown Kansas City and an NBA team. You're doing media all over the place. Uh, about it and it's just like it's just taking off I mean what do you think are the potential uh, what is the potential I mean it has to be decided here pretty quick I think because the season is going to start here in a few months yeah I think that that name Patrick Mahomes is uh, is one that's that's tied to this now Uh, anything Patrick Mahomes touches turns to gold right that's what we've learned here in Kansas City but uh, you know I think you know if you talk about the Raptors or even expansion I think Patrick Mahomes has to be a part of the conversation in some way and Patrick has a has a great interest in the NBA in, in general. Um, and doesn't Travis Kelsey kind of like, didn't he play a role with kind of trying to become one of the owners of the Mets with um, A-Rod, didn't he? I mean, he obviously has interest in being in the sports ownership world too. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that's a trend right now too, is looking at NBA players um, that are look, looking at ownership in other markets. James Harden just got an, a, a piece of the ownership group in, in Houston with the soccer club. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, you know, being a minority owner with the Royals, um, I still think Patrick might have an interest, hopefully down the road to, to maybe be a part of an NBA ownership group, should that opportunity be there for him uh, here in Kansas City. But, you know, I think right now in the short term, you're right. Um, we're waiting on the NBA to make a decision on the calendar year. If, if they're starting in December and, and they're looking at that first Tuesday uh, right before Christmas, which I think is where we're headed, uh, all things considered, Then you're talking about the Raptors and the league having to make a decision on the Raptors playing games in the United States because of that travel ban with the government in Canada. Um, It makes a lot of sense for Kansas City from a travel standpoint, just because, you know, Seattle, Las Vegas, that is not something that makes a lot of sense. With Kansas City, too, we have a venue that is strictly open to the Raptors. When you talk about Louisville, you're competing with the Louisville Cardinal. Um, That is a you know, college market um, with regards to college basketball here, 
They have a venue ready to go. It's vacant. They can play games there and practice there. Um, you know, this is a, a market that I think is going to open up the red carpet. I think Mayor Lucas is really in strong support of trying to make this happen. Um, and I, I just feel like right now, you know, all things considered, I think the Raptors and the league understand that the clock is ticking and they, they need to make a decision. And the good news is, is, is Kansas City is doing everything on their part to try to make this happen. Uh, so I, I think this, this clock is ticking. It's moving quickly. I, I think we should see something or hear something probably in the next week or two, um, if not sooner. Uh, but Kansas City's in the conversation. I think the league is aware of that. Um, and I think it, it is a realistic possibility. Yeah, and you got to think, too, they have the low they have all the infrastructure in place with the power and light district. If fans are involved and allowed to come in at some point, uh, it'd be great for Kansas City and kind of would be that test run, like you said. I mean, if we did a good job, I mean, we have the Raptors. If it was the Raptors, they'd be a pretty good team, I would imagine. So, you know, exciting basketball. It'd be kind of fun to see. Jared Sutton is with us. Jared, um, as we continue to talk about your life, you mentioned you used to travel like all the time, scouting and meeting with college coaches and going to NBA games. I mean, how have you been able to maintain all of your uh, your networking and relationship building through the COVID era? And maybe what have you learned and what has surprised you during this, this time? Yeah, I mean, it's been a just a surreal experience. I, I'm sure a lot of people say that. Um, you know, I can remember my last actual game I scouted was actually at my alma mater. It was at Mizzou uh, in late February, uh, early March period. Went to see them play Alabama, and I was scheduled to fly to Las Vegas the next day. Uh, got a call from my boss that basically took me off the road at that at that point, and we were one of the first teams uh, that pulled scouts from the road, and I, I really appreciated that just because there at that time there was so much unknown. Uh, we knew COVID was lingering. Uh, obviously, it was at that point a lot of things were were moving quickly, and then the next week, you know, we were shutting down games. Uh, one of our games was was canceled. We were one of the last games to get canceled the night Rudy Gobert tested positive and the NBA shut down. And then ultimately the college basketball league shut down, uh, big 12 tournament shut down. And, and we ended up looking at this, this complete shutdown of our NBA season, uh, which ended up picking back up in a bubble. I think what I've learned the most about it is we've been able to really adjust through zoom. I mean, we've done so much through zoom as a team. We've used zoom for player interviews. Uh, we've used zoom for draft meetings and we've had to get creative but I also think it's kind of brought us closer together uh, because we've had to communicate and communicate a lot with everything going on and so much unknown too. Um, that communication piece has been so important from the top down, from our ownership to our front office, to our coaches, down to, to our scouting staff, both, both on the pro side and on the college side. Um, you know, I, I think for me it was a contract year, uh, so it was important for me to try to continue to do the best work I could do um, now I'm, I'm solidified now with the, with the Pelicans long-term, um, and really excited about where we're going to go from here. Um, if we're going to be able to attend games, obviously it depends on the state rulings of if we're going to be allowed to go to college basketball games, if, if arenas are going to have a limited capacity, we would be able to go at that point. Um, I am reprimanded from going to practices, so there's no practices for me. That's a big part of my year. Uh, in the fall is going to see college teams, see them practice, talk to coaches in person and get some of that behind the scenes look of some of these players before they start games. Um, so I don't know what my travel schedule will look like, but I will say this. I haven't traveled since February. Uh, and that is so weird for me to say. Uh, I have not got on a plane. I've traveled through the state, but I have not got on a plane yet. 
Uh, I think that's, you know, looming, but, you know, we were supposed to have a draft war room in New Orleans. I was anticipating being in New Orleans for the draft. Uh, and then our ownership said that, that, that she didn't want that to, to go on and, and we would just keep it local and do our draft through Zoom, similar to what the NFL did. So, again, it's been unique. We've had to do a virtual NBA combine, which is really interesting. Uh, but I think we've, we've tried to make the most of it, as I'm sure everybody has. And I'm looking forward to, to getting back to a normal routine, but I still think that's a ways away for me. Jared is with us. We have 30 seconds left in this segment, Jared. Uh, what's your favorite place to go in Kansas City for uh, a bite or for a drink? I know you live in downtown KCMO. Yeah. I mean, favorite restaurant for me is Novel. That's number one. I like I, I, I like a dive called Pot Pie in Westport. Uh, it's a good spot uh, for, for me. But, um, man, I mean, anymore. Some people there's, call that a dive, Jared. Some I know. I, well, there's so, many good, there's so many good spots now. I, I don't yeah. know. I live downtown, so I'm biased to downtown. But a big, you know, I spend a lot of time in Crossroads as well. So that's a good yeah. question. I kind of feel like I venture venture around and, and find so many different spots that uh, I, I love living here. It's a, gr- it's a great town. If you, so. it, if you ever make it out of downtown, try a plate in Brookside. It's awesome. I've not been. I've heard great things. Jared Sutton is with us. One last segment of the show after the break. You're listening to 980 AM and on the podcast, The Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter Winchell, Joe DiMaggio, Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker, Television, North Korea, South Korea, Marilyn Monroe. I was lying on the grass of Sunday morning of last week. Welcome back to our final segment of the Grill Nation show today. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us. Again, I appreciate you always connecting with me on social media at Jason Grill on Twitter or just shoot me an email at jgrillmedia at gmail.com. Jared Sutton is our guest. Jared is an NBA scout for the New Orleans Pelicans, and he's also done a lot of color commentary for the SEC Network and ESPN. Jared, uh, what is your uh, biggest career accomplishment you feel like to this point in your in your uh, short career? But it's spanned what about ten years now, getting close to ten years uh, yeah. since grad school. What what would you what would you define as one of your biggest career accomplishments? I mean, honestly, I would say it's funny you ask that question because man, it is it has been ten years, but. I would say the greatest accomplishment for me has just been, um, you know, staying the course. I had a vision of being a scout in Kansas City, and so many people said that that was, you know, really a lofty goal. Uh, so attaining that uh, has been probably my biggest accomplishment. But then also, you know, getting the contract extension with the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, locking in long term, and really being a part of the vision of an NBA organization from Kansas City and leading the charge with our college scouts. Uh, that's that's all in all probably my, my biggest accomplishment right now professionally and, and trying to go from here and, and see where it goes from here. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, you're able to, to stay Kansas City based, but also uh, around the country and, and kind of do what you love. I mean, what is your next uh, what's next for you in your career? I mean, continue on the scouting trail, it sounds like with uh, with the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, are you still interested in broadcasting at all? Is that a passion or is that just a. Uh, is that just something you, you you did and now you're ready to just fully put all your interest back into uh, scouting? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, my uh, scouting is, is definitely where I where I, I love to be right, right now. Um, yeah, I always like looking at the 10 year window. Um, but I mean, right now I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. We'll see where where everything takes me. Um, it's, it's good to be in the NBA. I, I get to work with one of my favorite people, a guy that's been a mentor for me for so long and for him to be my boss. It's just kind of a perfect situation. I'm very lucky in that regard. Um, broadcasting for me, I, I would con- continue to do the Mizzou games. Uh, it's it's my way, I think, of giving back to the program, giving back to Mizzou, 
uh, doing those games. Um, if, if we continue to do that, I, I guess we'll see what broadcast look, looks like for college basketball this year. But, um, you know, for me, it's sticking on the scouting front, um, staying in, in the NBA, staying in that front office mold uh, has been my ultimate goal. And, and we'll see where, where that takes me. We'll see where broadcast takes me. But I'll, my, my focus really is, is on the, the scouting front and, and on the Pelican side as well. What is uh, some of the best advice you might have received as a player at Mizzou from Mike Anderson, who you mentioned was a mentor of yours, or, you know, through your, your job as a, sport, as a scout, uh, your current boss? I mean, is there any nuggets you can share with us that you've learned along the way? Yeah, I mean, I think the word I come back to is persistence. Uh, that's something that Mike Anderson really uh, instilled in all his players is just overcoming adversity, overcoming challenge, being put in difficult situations and figuring it out. Um, that's kind of what's happened in my career once I got out of college. I mean, being an athlete, especially with a coach that really taught you a lot of values that, and I know that gets said a lot about life lessons when you're an athlete, especially at the college level, you're around your coaching staff every day. And so I learned a ton from Coach Anderson as well as his coaching staff. Same thing with Frank Haith, learned a lot from Coach Haith as well. But I, I, I think persistence, setting goals, knowing how hard it is to attain a goal and staying the course, there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be bumps in the road. You're going to have to overcome adversity, and then you're going to have to prove yourself, right? You're going to have to show your value, show your worth, what you bring to a team. And I, I think that's what I learned in college, and I think that's what I'm still doing today in, in, in my scouting work um, as, a, as a talent evaluator is really trying to show my value, showing what I bring to the organization, what, what I do for the team, uh, how I try to you know, make my bosses look good. It's the same way you try to make your coaches look good when you step on the floor. Uh, and trying to make them proud. And it, there, there's so many things you learn in a team environment as an athlete that, I mean, I'll, I'm, honestly, I'm working for a team now, and I'm, I'm taking those same le- life lessons I learned in college and applying those today. And it starts with a drive. It starts with a passion for what you do. You know, I did those side jobs. I did, I did jobs that I had to do to make ends meet, probably jobs I didn't love. But I had a vision. I knew it was going to take time. I think I tell a lot of people younger than me coming out of college, I've, I've talked to some classes at Mizzou that, you know, I think in, in the generation coming up, it, it might be one of those things where you want to snap your fingers and you want that perfect job. It's not going to happen that way. You know, you, you got to work. you got to start somewhere. Uh, find your worth. Be a, be a good person in every sense of your, your life, not just professionally, but outside of work, doing everything you can to grow as a human being. I, it, it all kind of accumulates into one ultimate goal, and that's trying to, to try to go as far as you can and, and compete and, and find your passion and, and give everything you have to what you want to do in life. Jared Sutton is with us. Jared, what was your favorite Mizzou memory as a player, and what was your favorite Mizzou memory as a fan? Wow, so many favorite uh, moments as an athlete. Um, the Memphis win my freshman year, uh, probably my favorite win. Um, the Kansas wins are great. They're up there. Marcus Miracle, my senior year. I mean, a 31-win season, a 30-win season. Um, you know, my freshman and senior year was terrific. So many memories with my teammates on and off the floor, bus rides, plane rides, um, you know, life as a, as a student athlete at Mizzou, incredible memories. But I said the top moment is, is beating Memphis, uh, have an opportunity to go to the final tournament on Calipari. If anyone's listening, I remember watching it at my girlfriend's house. She was at her parents' house. I was back from Lost. Wait, what year was that? I was, uh, I was back from Jeff City from being in the legislature for a weekend. It was around uh, spring break, of course. Uh, and I just remember watching it and being like, holy crap. We're destroying this team. Yeah, 2009, um, my special group of guys, great senior class. Um, so I think that would be my best moment as an athlete. I think best Mizzou memory, um, I mean, the, I think Gary Pinkle with the SEC championships uh, when we made the, the transition, 
everybody thought football was going to take a hit and basketball was going to prosper. It was the complete opposite of that. I think those are some great memories. Uh, Gary Pinkle had a great impact actually on our group my senior year when Mike Anderson left for Arkansas. He kind of took us under his wing. We did a lot of stuff with the football program before we hired Frank Haith. Uh, so I would say Gary Pinkle's impact as a whole when we moved to the SEC is probably like a top memory right now. But man, some some good moments, some good memories to, to think about over the course of my career and what followed. Well, hopefully we'll have some more uh, basketball memories at some point. I mean, we've had a rough patch here, uh, really, since uh, maybe since uh, you left. A couple, I, I can't really think of many great seasons, maybe one or two sprinkled in here. But, you know, like you said, I thought we would do better. Mizzou would do better in the SEC than they did in the Big 12. But uh, we haven't seen that yet in basketball, at least. Yeah, big year for Conzo Martin and his staff. They're a great staff. I'm pulling for them. I mean, they, they got a great opportunity. They got a lot of players back. They got a lot of talent back. Xavier Pinson, Jeremiah Tillman, Mark Smith, Drew Smith. I mean, they, they got a, a good nucleus there. Um, and it's a, it's a big year for them. They know it. Um, it's a team that has all the ability to, to compete in the SEC, get to the NCAA tournament. Obviously, we'll see what happens with COVID and, and the pandemic. And, you know, that's kind of thrown college sports in a loop at different times. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for Conzo and this team. I think they got a good chance to have a successful season. Hey, you got to be resilient, like you said, in your sport and persevere. And uh, case in point, Quinn Snyder with the Utah Jazz. I mean, they're just killing it now. He's Talk about a career resurrected, man. That guy is just the talk of the town. I go to Salt Lake City. I've watched a lot of their games. I mean, it's amazing how how, how you can transform yourself and, and be uh, you know the, the best in your your, your sport at, at different times. Yeah, a guy that got knocked down, outstanding coach, one of the best basketball minds in the NBA, and he was when Mizzou hired him. It was a good hire then. It's still a good hire. You know, today, I think Mike Alden made that right decision. Uh, ultimately, it didn't work out, but I'm happy for Coach Schneider. You know, he's a terrific coach. He just actually hired Keon Dooling, another Mizzou name for you. So uh, we wow. got a couple guys on that jazz staff. I didn't know that. Um, I will appreciate I did appreciate Quinn Snyder when I was in law school uh, at Mizzou coming to talk to us a few times, you know. He was very open with uh, all the students. He, you know, he, he talked about the team and was available, which I thought was cool. I mean, because when you're in school, you're always like, wow, I can't believe I'm getting me players, the coaches, you know, treating you like a normal person. It's always, it's always fun. Jared, I uh, appreciate you coming on the show today. Jared Sutton, NBA scout, color commentator for Mizzou Basketball, SEC Network. Follow him on Jared T. Sutton on uh, Twitter. And I'm hoping that we get some NBA uh, games at Sprint Center, or excuse me, T-Mobile Center. Uh, <laughs> the Pelicans ever in town, but uh, man, I'm crossing my fingers for that. I'm excited for that. But I appreciate you coming on the show and for all the great, uh, great stories and advice you share with the listeners. Thanks, Chase. Thanks for having me, man. It's, it's, it's been fun. Appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Take care. There's a story in my eyes. Turn the pages of desire.